Welcome, everybody, to the Wedding Photo Podcast, episode 51. Um, I know the episodes have been more bi-weekly. Weekly? Bi-weekly? Yeah, that's right. Bi-weekly lately. And, um, you know, I've been trying to keep it consistent. And, you know, uh, in the past, what I would try to do is I would try to stack some episodes so that I can bring them out every week. Um, but I just haven't been able to do that. And we're, it, we're in like a really busy season right now. Wedding season is in full swing. Um, we've got other projects going on. We've been doing some like, uh, corporate multimedia, uh, type of work and we, there's just a lot going on. So it's, uh, you know, I won't lie. It's hard to keep up. So it's hard to put out, uh, episodes weekly. Um, but I still very much enjoy, uh, doing the podcast and getting people to come on. And I have been, uh, talking to a few people. We will be having some more guests on. Um, but it's just a matter of scheduling that and, uh, having the time to just, uh, record the podcast in general. So I'm sorry that they haven't been coming on every week, but I do promise to bree to continue to bring you more episodes. Um, thank you for uh, being here and um, all the great messages that you guys send me, um, the topics that you guys want me to talk about, uh, and just being engaged. Um, I'll try to uh, put some more stuff out on the Facebook group. Uh, speaking of the Facebook group. Um, if you haven't already, uh, you can join our Facebook group for the Wedding Photo Podcast where we have photographers and other industry professionals and just people who want to talk uh, wedding photography, wedding photography industry. You can go on there, join join the Facebook group and ask questions about photography or anything wedding photography related. Um, if there are any specific topics you want to hear on the podcast, you can uh, reach out to me there. Uh, you can also reach out to me on Instagram at Wedding Photo Podcast and on Twitter at Del Toro Photo. Um, if you enjoy this podcast and you like what you hear and you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the podcast. Follow me on the social media accounts and uh, rate and review this podcast. It helps the podcast become more discoverable for others to find. Um, so if you want to help me out, just scroll down to the bottom. If you are on Apple Podcasts and give it a five-star rating and uh, just leave me some nice words there uh, about the podcast and what you think. So some other stuff that's been uh, going on um, as I record this episode uh, yesterday, um, but for you guys, uh, this last week was Maria's birthday, my wife Maria. Um, we celebrated her birthday. Her father took us, uh, my brother-in-law and his family, they're in town this week, so we're all hanging out, and Maria's father took us all out to a Dodgers game because uh, Maria is a big baseball fan and she loves the Dodgers. Uh, nothing against any other team if you have another preference. Um, I don't specifically have a preference uh, when it comes to baseball. I think just going to the games in general is really fun. Having some beers, um, eating some hot dogs, and uh, watching the game. Uh, that's how I feel about most sports. So, um, but yeah, we went to the Dodgers game, and uh, her dad displayed uh, her name 
and uh, the whole happy birthday thing on the big uh, projector that they have out there. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, big happy birthday to my wife. Uh, always excited. Uh, always happy to celebrate another another year with her. Um, so we got some family in town. You know, we're just kind of hanging out. Uh, it's a big weekend. It's a Mother's Day weekend. Um, so happy Mother's Day uh, to all the moms and the stepmoms and everybody who plays a motherly role. I hope somebody is there to remind you um, how important your role is in this world and if there isn't i'm telling you right now so to all the moms out there happy mother's day so on today's episode uh no guest today it's going to be just me rambling on about a couple topics that i have prepared for you guys um now that we're going into wedding season um i hear a lot of people uh especially out uh further you know uh, besides California, I feel like there's not a very specific wedding season in California. Uh, for us, every year is a little different. Um, you know, I think last year we had weddings in January and February and, you know, March was like our, where we like kicked it off and things were busy. The year before April was when we had our first wedding. So we went the first four months without even shooting a wedding. You know, we've had a crazy, uh, we've had a year where the bulk of our weddings are like in August or sometimes they're, they've been in November. So it's always changing over here. But um, from talking with some friends that are, you know, a little bit east of California, I feel like there is, or even up north, there's a little bit, it's a little bit more seasonal. And um, I guess like around May is when I hear, you know, wedding season really kicks off. So if you're just starting your wedding season, you know, I wish you lots of luck. Um, and um, I hope you guys are ready to rock it. Uh, the reason I'm bringing this up is I wanted to know how you guys prepare uh, for your wedding um for your wedding season, if there's anything specifics, um, besides, you know, uh, making sure your gear works, making sure it's back from repairs. If you had to do any, any repairs on your work, but how do you specifically prepare? One of the things that, um, that we like to do for the most part, we try to maintain a pretty healthy lifestyle and, you know, we try to exercise regularly, and but for us, you know, or at least for me, uh, maybe I'm not always, you know, hitting the gym hard or anything like that. You know, I like to go out and walk and make sure I'm outside in some form doing something, you know, going on these on small hikes or whatever. But when it comes to wedding season, one of the things I like to do is uh, I'm a runner. I love to run. Um, so when I have weddings coming up, uh, one of the things that I do is I start running a little bit harder, a little bit further. I'm a distance runner. I love running. Uh, when I go on runs, I like running, you know, four, five, six uh, miles at a time. Um, I feel like it's uh, it's almost like a therapy for me. I really enjoy it. Um, but it... Uh, you know, for me, um, one of the things I've always enjoyed about running, it's like it's an endurance thing, right? Like I like hiking a lot, too. And here in uh, here where we live, there's a lot of peak hikes. And, you know, yeah, you need a lot of endurance to to do some of these peak hikes. These are like 12, 14 mile hikes. And, um, you know, if you want to be out of the woods before it gets dark, I mean, you got to you got to move your feet. So for me, uh, running has always been a way 
my way of exercise. I really hate going to the gym. Um, I know how important it is to mix it up and uh, do some different things. So I try to um, I try to break it up during the week. I try to run at least three times a week, and I'll I'll force myself to go to the gym at least once or twice a week. Uh, I know Maria gives me a hard time because she, you know, if I, if it was up to me, I would just run all the time because I actually really enjoy running. I love it. Um, I feel really good and really fit when I'm running all the time. Um, but she reminds me that, you know, if your body gets kind of used to that, you know, then it's really not doing anything. So, uh, but yeah, when, uh, when wedding season's coming up, that's really when I start, uh, trying to get out more on my runs and trying to exercise a little bit harder, get that heart rate up, eat a little bit healthier. Uh, that way, those wedding, those long wedding days are a little bit easier uh, to go into. I'm sure we've all had those wedding days that just they're super grueling. I mean, we've had some recently where, you know, we have like four different, you know, four different locations on a Friday in Los Angeles, those kinds of weddings. Um, if you guys are in Los Angeles, I'm sure you guys understand. If you shoot weddings in Los Angeles, I'm sure you understand moving around like that. It's just, it's, uh, it's definitely, it's definitely exhausting, uh, not just physically, but mentally. Um, and I feel like, uh, for, uh, for me, exercise really helps me prepare for those long days, you know, because again, running is, is not only physical, um, because, for, uh, you know, I didn't mention it before, but running is not only physical, but it's a, it's really like a, a mental thing for me too, to be able to, to, to run these long distances, um, and push myself to keep going. Uh, that's how I feel at weddings sometimes, you know, especially super, super long days, you have to push yourself to, to really get going. And, and then, um, your recovery time the next day, um, everybody's had, everyone's had that feeling of the wedding hangover. It's, it's a, it's a real, real feeling and, uh, it hurts. Uh, but you know, I feel like when I'm exercising, uh, and I'm at my fittest, uh, those wedding hangovers are a little less grueling. Um, so that's one of the things that, that I do to prepare, uh, for our wedding season. So I'll throw that question up on the on the Facebook group this week because I'd like to hear from uh, some of you guys. Like, what do you guys do to prepare? You know, are you guys is that something? Is that is that pretty normal? Is that something you guys do? Do you guys start like working out a little bit harder? Does that help you prepare for these weddings? I know it, it helps us. Uh, right now, we're in the thick of wedding season and all these other shoots that we're doing, and um, you know, we're using. Uh, our time right now to get ourselves on a routine, eating healthy, uh, consistently exercising. And I think doing these things just kind of helps put um, all your other, all everything else in your life kind of in order, right? Like routine is, uh, to me, I think is is really good for you um, because you're, you're more intentional with the things that you do. And if you're setting specific times to work out and eat a specific way, that same kind of routine blends into all your other everyday life things things that you're doing. So, um, I, I, you know, right now we're, we're doing pretty good. I feel really good. I've been trying to stay on top of my exercising and eating and, you know, it's not always easy, but I do think about the next uh, upcoming wedding. And, um, I do think about how I'm going to feel the next day. And, and that's important to me. And, you know, I'm not, I, I don't, 
I'm not one of those people that say like, oh, I'm so old, I'm an old man. But, you know, the older I get, the harder it is to recover uh, from some of these long days. Um, But I feel like when I'm exercising and running, um, I just I don't I don't feel that as much, you know. So, uh, yeah, let me know what you guys are doing to prepare for your weddings. Speaking of recent weddings, this last weekend, I actually got to second shoot uh, for a really good friend of mine. And uh, it was the first time that I got to shoot a wedding at the San Diego Safari Zoo. Um, I've seen this place in pictures before. We haven't been down there ourselves. Uh, We've been wanting to take our son Gabriel uh, to that zoo. We've been out to the L.A. Zoo uh, Maria used to live in Anaheim. We used to go out to the, I believe it's the Santa Ana Zoo, um, but we haven't gone down to the San Diego Zoo yet. I think we're gonna we're gonna plan on doing that this year. And they have like two different parks. They have the San Diego Zoo, and then they have the San Diego uh, Safari Park. And what I've learned about the Safari Park is that they actually have like three venues on site for weddings, and uh, the venues are they're beautiful and their landscape i mean the background is uh basically the safari park so you have rhinos and giraffes and gazelles running around in the hills in the background it's it's pretty it's pretty epic it's cool and of course for me i haven't even been to the park and seen that before so i was in awe and then um it was a really neat experience because we got to go in through like the service uh the service entry you know, because we were vendors, and then they kind of shuttled us around on these uh, on these golf carts. So we got to go through all like the backways of of the zoo, and you know, I felt like we got we got a pretty cool tour of of um, of what like the the trainers and the workers get to get to see at the zoo there, and it it, it was pretty neat. And then uh, during the wedding, they brought out they had like a demonstration of like different animals. Um, uh, when I was still there for the presentation, they brought out like a, they brought out a porcupine, uh, they brought out an eagle, um, they brought out a lizard. Um, I don't know what else they had planned, but I I had to take off and go do uh, some detail photos. But it was a pretty cool like thing that they that they do there. And uh, and like I said, the background setting was beautiful, and it was a really really fun uh, wedding. Um, but with my, with my friend, uh, the topic came out about, uh, not being able to share photos because I shared on the last podcast that, uh, the week, the pre prior to this wedding, um, I shot a wedding that I had agreed to not posting any photos on social media or using it for my own self promotion. And, um, which, you know, I've, I talked briefly about this. Um, I don't think it's not a request I get that often. So when I got, when I got that request and this, again, this couple was really cool. They, you know, they weren't mean about it. Their approach was really nice about it. So when I got the request to not use any of their, any of their photos for, for self-promotion, you know, I, I thought I talked about it with Marie a little bit and we thought about it. Um, but we didn't really see any harm in it because we do have, um, a good amount of weddings this year and we have plenty of content to use as promotion. So, um, 
we didn't really see it hurting us. And and uh, and then I and then I I talked about on the podcast how when the wedding came up, of course, it was like the most beautiful, like the couple, they're, they're a gorgeous couple. Uh, they were dressed so beautifully. The dress was amazing. They got this beautiful suite at the top of this hotel with a, with a sunset deck and furniture outside on the deck. And we popped champagne bottles and it was just incredible. And, and, you know, it hurt a little bit thinking about how I, I uh, wouldn't be able to share any of these photos, um, but of course, since then, I've already shared some of these photos with my friends like via text, and uh, I kind of got that out of my system. I didn't really use it for self-promotion. I just had to share it with some of my friends and, you know, show them, you know, why I was so bummed about not being able to share. But like I said, I got it out of my system already, but the topic came up because uh, my friend, when she booked this uh, wedding at the Safari Zoo, she had the same request, and I and I asked her how how she handled it. They they wanted her not to be able to to share the photos, and the approach she ended up taking was basically explaining to them that you know um, this this uh, being able to share her photos is how she is able to create more business for herself, and she said it politely and. She, but basically, she told him, you know, I can't agree to that. I need to be able to use these photos uh, to promote my work and get more work, which um, I, you know, she's also an upcoming photographer. I think she's on her, I could be wrong, second or third year. Um, so it makes sense that why you would want to be able to use those photos. And um, and then and then she also mentioned these are also photos uh, at a place that I don't get requested to shoot often, the the Safari Park Zoo. Um, so of course you would want to be able to share those photos and share the fact that you have photographed that at that venue, because that is another reason for uh, a a potential client who who has booked that venue to want to use you as a photographer because you've already photographed there before. You know we've we've had people. We've had uh, clients reach out to us and uh, tell us about a venue that, you know, where they're going to have their wedding that we've already photographed at. And they get so excited when we tell them like, oh, yeah, we've been there. We love it. You know, we love this and that about it. And they actually get really excited. And, you know, I take that as a sign of uh, that. That may even be one of the reasons why they hired us, because we already have a little bit of experience there. Um, So being able to show off. you know, your photos from, from a venue, a very specific venue, like the San Diego Safari Park, I can see why you really would want to use those as promotion. And, um, she said they, they actually were totally fine with that. It made sense to them. Um, so, uh, they okayed it and, you know, she's going to be able to share these photos. Um, but I thought that was a really, um, interesting topic because, you know, it, it really could go both ways. And I asked about this on, on the, um, on the on the podcast Facebook group and same thing like uh, most of the responses on there were like were like it really could go both ways if you're a newer photographer um, or an upcoming photographer who really needs to be able to share all your work or you just want to share it in general because it is our way of being able to get more work it's true even even seasoned photographers you know um, I I I even think if I knew that the wedding I was going to shoot that that requested me not to use the photos was at a place like that. Um, I 
probably would have, you know, reconsidered my answer. Uh, when it came to the couple that I photographed, it had nothing to do with, you know, the location. Actually, like, um, uh, we haven't photographed that many weddings where the reception's at a brewery. And this wedding that we photographed ended at a brewery. So I really would have wanted to use those photos. But for us, it was more of... Um, us just wanting to, I guess, please the couple, and it really didn't feel like uh, it was going to affect us uh, negatively with, you know, not being able to have that content to promote. Um, but yeah, it's good to see. It was it was interesting to see uh, both sides of the spectrum on on that end. Um, but that wedding at the zoo, um, I'm, I'm I'm really glad I got to uh, second shoot. Uh, especially on this weekend because um, I, I don't think I've even talked about it yet, but uh, we finally got an A7 III. Uh, we are trying to uh, switch over to Sony. I've talked about it several times on the podcast. You know, uh, Eric uh, Eric McFarland, he's been on the podcast a few times. Um, he's, he's in the middle of transitioning over to Sony as well. We've talked about it on some of his episodes. Um, he's actually going to come back on real soon, uh, because we want to do a little bit more Sony talk, um, because, uh, you know, with some of the, now that I'm transitioning over to Sony, you know, I've got some opinions. I got some things I want to talk to him about. Uh, I feel like he's more of my go-to guy when it comes to Sony because he's constantly on the interwebs doing his research and he's on all the a7 III Facebook groups and he does testing like when he gets a new let this this is the guy that really loves seeing very specific comparisons you know so I, I love picking his brain about what he thinks on certain gear uh, and certain things because he he loves like seeing the differences and talking about those things uh, so I'm gonna have him on soon and we're gonna talk about uh, my experience so far with the a7 III but um, uh but hopefully I'll have a little bit more experience with it by then. Uh, I just got the camera. Um, I did an even trade, so we don't. Even, I don't even have a lens for the camera yet. Um, I had in a Sony A6500. I had a Sigma 30 millimeter 1.4, and I had a uh, Sigma 16 millimeter 1.4, and that was kind of my setup. That. Um, what I loved about the A6500, it was our perfect little like travel camera. When we went on our vacations or anywhere, I didn't I, I didn't have to take our, our workhorse. I didn't have to take our cannons out, um, you know, and it was nice carrying this small little Sony camera everywhere I went. And we still had these professional pictures. They, you know, we really loved the quality and the look that we got from the photos. And then we used that camera to... Uh, shoot all of our son Gabriel's YouTube videos. The the 16 millimeter was perfect for that. Um, we we pretty much shot all his videos with that 16 millimeter. And so I had this setup with the A6500, the two lenses. I had some polarizers. I had like 10 batteries because with that camera, the batteries you just you just run through those batteries. Um, but I had like 10 batteries. Um, I had a battery grip, a remote, um, and um, I even traded it with uh, the microphone. I basically uh, was trying to sell it as like a, a vlog setup. And I've had it on on the market since, oh man, since like October, October or November of last year. Um, I put it up for sale 
And I, you know, I put on there in bold, like, uh, selling it as a bundle only. Like, I wasn't willing to just get rid of, you know, just the lens. Because I got that question, like, weekly. Everyone wanted to buy the 60 millimeter or the 30 millimeter by itself. But I didn't want to sell it just like that because, you know, the whole point of selling that whole bundle was to upgrade to the A7 III. And I think I had everything up for sale for around 1800 you know, and um, for around 1800 bucks, so I wouldn't have to put that much towards an A7 III. And, um, and I thought, you know, as soon as I can sell this, I can upgrade and then work on getting lenses and, and all that. Um, well, uh, luckily, I found somebody who was actually looking to do a straight trade. In fact, he reached out to me and was like, um, why are you selling your bundle? Are you looking to upgrade to the a seven three? And it was like, it's like you read my mind. Right. So, um, I talked back and forth with him. Um, I had some questions, you know, cause I guess in my, in my head, um, I felt like maybe, I mean, it felt kind of like a downgrade, right? He had an a seven three and he was looking to get an a 6,500. Um, but the way he explained it is, you know, this guy, he was a street performer. Uh, he's a street performer in Los Angeles and, uh, I had already been following him. So that's one of the things that like, you know, gave it a little bit of trust. Like I knew who he was. So there's, you know, it's, it's hard selling and trading things online because it's hard to to decide how much trust you want to put in that other thing right but i've also have purchased many uh cameras and camera equipment online and you know so far everything's worked out so i guess i didn't really have a reason uh not to do this trade but yeah he's a street performer he has several cameras that he uses to shoot himself uh and uh the a7 III was one of three a7 III's that he had so for him um it wasn't downgrading it was him being able to get a camera uh with the full package the lenses that he wanted with it um to be able to do the things to be able to use it uh for something very specific that he was doing um so um so we met up i checked out the a7 III checked out my equipment and everything worked out we did a perfect swap and he ended up with an a6500 with a couple lenses and batteries and all this stuff and i ended up with an a7 III with uh that's it just the body so um so i've had it now for like two weeks um one of the weddings that we uh shot the wedding that we shot um that we can't show on social media uh i rented some some lenses and um we actually photographed and did video for that wedding and uh but i shot towards the end of the night i photographed a lot with the a7 III with the g master uh 24 to 7 2.8 um which i will be looking at you know once we go through the photos kind of making some comparisons and i mean what we've seen already we love it the camera is amazing uh the autofocus tracking on it is so awesome the the eye focus on it and there's just so many things that I love about the a7 III. And Maria's been wanting to switch over to Sony just for like even just the weight factor and the fact that the camera's a little bit smaller. And she's only shot with it a handful of times and she's already in love with it. She's like, I'm ready to just get rid of all her Canon gear and go straight over to Sony. So uh, now that we've talked about it several times, that is part of the plan. Uh, but right now I have an a7 III and I have no lens. Um, I was 
thinking about getting one of the Metabones adapter. Um, so I hit up Eric. He's He has one. When he switched over to Sony, that's one of the first things he got because he's got um, Canon glass. And so he let me borrow his Metabones adapter. And, um, you know, I wasn't sure how it was going to how it was going to perform. You know, I watched some videos online, but as far as photography goes, it works really well. Um, I sh- I used it over the weekend with this wedding and with the Metabones adapter with the Sigma 35 uh, millimeter, and it was it was pretty pretty great. Some of the photos that I was looking at were pretty awesome. Um, I mean, it hit focus most of the time. I had a little bit more trouble uh, during the reception, um, but I had, I'm going to save some of those questions and some of the statements there when I have Eric on because, you know, I haven't talked to him about it yet. Um, but, at, like, during the day, I mean, the it, it worked great. The Sigma 35 on the Metabones, um, what is it, the Metabones... Um, um, the Mark Five, Four, or Five, whatever one of those is, uh, yeah, it works really great. Uh, so we've been playing around with that, uh, but I do want to go native, especially since we're going to be doing a lot of video as well. So we are going to get that. I just haven't been able to decide if I want to keep our Sigma Thirty Five um, with a Metabones adapter or get rid of it and just go all Sony everything. I mean, eventually we'll probably go all Sony everything. Um, but yeah, I'll have Eric on the podcast soon. I'll bring him on and we will, we will go crazy on some, uh, some, some Sony gear talk and, and get an update on, on how things have been going with him using his, uh, his a seven three. Um, the last topic I wanted to bring up today was setting hours for your packages. Um, everybody has their own packages. Uh, I don't know how you set your packages. We, we have, um, two basic packages. Now we have an all day package, which is actually limited to 10 hours. And then we have uh, a six hour package that we offer, um, for smaller weddings. And then, um, you know, we work with any couple though, you know, we have options for less than that. If, you know, we, we've covered events where we just did like the ceremony photos afterwards, you know, so it was only like what, three, four hours. We've priced that out before and, and we've, and we've had longer weddings, but, um, the reason I wanted to bring this up as a topic is I was just talking to a photographer who, in their package, they had 10 hours uh, as one of their packages, and that's the package that their their client chose. And um, the client they had a they had a wedding coordinator, and the coordinator uh, sent back the schedule for the day to the photographer. And uh, this photographer wasn't sure if they were looking at it correctly, but when they did the math, um, it they had them there for 11 hours instead of 10. So this photographer ended up talking to the coordinator and the coordinator, uh, told this photographer, Oh, did you think about your hour lunch break? Did you include that into your time frame?" And when I heard this, like, I don't know why, but it, it kind of made me mad, you know, because first of all, 10 hour when when a photographer has a package for 10 hours 10 hours is 10 hours like that's what that's what we're agreeing to correct um 
And so this this coordinator just taking it upon themselves to be like, oh, well, there's also an hour lunch break. Uh, first of all, who takes an hour lunch break? If a coordinator ever did that to me, um, I mean, first of all, I wouldn't accept it. But if that happened, like, you really expect me to take an entire hour out of their wedding day to not work? You think I'm? that's actually going to happen? How many times have you been to a wedding where you really didn't do anything for an entire hour? I don't know about you guys, but... Um, just about all the waiting. I, I don't think I've ever had a one hour break. Uh, we do get to sit down and eat and we get to relax when we eat. But I haven't been to too many weddings where we just do nothing for an hour. That's not really a thing. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe you guys have. But anyways, when I heard this, it, it kind of made me mad. Uh, because I, you know, I feel like it's not their place to decide, uh, those hours for us. And, you know, if I'm speaking to coordinators, like, you know, reach out to me, let me know what, is this a thing that you guys do? Is this normal to set like an hour aside? Uh, but the way I thought about it is like, even in a normal everyday nine to five job, uh, typically it's what, like a half hour and it's a paid half hour. So you work eight hours and you get a lunch break. You don't work eight hours and include, you know, a half hour after that. And you stay for eight and a half hour. I don't know. Uh, it just didn't seem right. And sure enough, this photographer wrote back and, and, and corrected that and, uh, you know, basically let them know that, uh, you know, they're, they are contracted for 10 hours and 10 hours is 10 hours. And that's exactly how I would have handled it as, as well. Um, I don't think I've ever had a problem with any, any of our clients letting us take a lunch break because when, when they first served dinner, um, there's really nothing to photograph. We're not going to go around and, and walk around and take pictures of people stuffing their face with food. So that's a perfect time for us to sit down, get some food in us. Uh, and I've always said when, when Maria and I've talked about it, if we ever get any slack about, which we haven't yet, but if we ever get any slack about, uh, uh, figuring out dinner or food or them not wanting to provide food or anything like that, we're prepared to just bring our own lunch and take care of it ourselves because that that kind of solves everything. And we've brought we've brought lunches before. We've had situations where we weren't exactly sure how the venue was going to be, with, you know, with specific wording that we heard. So we've been prepared before or even prepared to like, hey, you know, if, if they're not going to feed us, we're going to just go off site right now and go get some food. Um, but we'll, we'll take care of it ourselves. Um, it's imp- I think it's important to include the food and the meal in your contract because you guys got to eat. We're working, you know, six, eight, ten hours. It doesn't matter. Even if you're working six hours, you're still taking time to get ready in the morning. Uh, sometimes, you know, you have a specific time. Maybe you don't get any food in you. You're still working six hours. There's the drive time, the drive after. Like, you have to feed your body in order to for you to perform at your best abilities. So, um, including your meal in your contract to me, that's an important thing. You got to put a meal in there. And, um, I don't see why anybody, any client or anyone would have a problem with you taking, a a, a break to eat food, you know, because even they're going to do it at some point, right? Right at dinner, the bride and groom gets to eat too. But I don't know. I don't know why I got so heated about this. Uh, but um, I did want to bring this up uh, because I mean that this is why uh, 
this this whole situation is what made me bring up the topic in general but i was curious like how you guys decide to set hours because we've recently changed the way we do our hours in our packages uh we used to have um an all-day package and when we said all day we never specified hours and it never was a problem. We just said all day. And then when we actually talked to our clients, we would, uh, in our in our consultation, and then later on when we're helping them like work out the schedule, we always let them know what a typical day looks like. Um, we usually start, we always tell them that we usually start sometime like an hour or two before they get in their dress. And then uh, for an all day deal it's usually then and then whatever the last uh event is usually like cutting the cake we just stay for like a half hour after that taking pictures of people dancing and in the past that's usually worked out to you know nine ten ten hours yeah we never really had like any crazy long days um but there were a few times where um it did pan out to 12 hours or 13 hours and uh, they were all fun weddings. But, you know, because we didn't specify specific times, that's just the way it worked out. And we really couldn't back out or say anything because, you know, we were uh, providing an all day, quote unquote, all day package. Um, so this year we decided to change that. And um, all day now means, you know, up to 10 hours. But I mean, that's still pretty much all day. Um, we still label our package all day, but we have right under there up to 10 hours of coverage. Um, the reason we did that is because we shot a really fun wedding that we ended up shooting for like, I forgot what it was, maybe like 15 hours. We started at, we started at nine in the morning and we didn't finish till midnight. And then we had like an hour and a half drive home. It was just so crazy. We were so tired. And um, it was one of the best weddings we've ever been to. We really, really loved it. But it was really hard physically on us. And we just, we knew that we can't just like put ourselves through that. And, and if we're going to put ourselves through that, we have to prepare for that a little bit better, right? So uh, one of the things we would do now is, you know, because we priced it different, if anybody, if any of our clients want to hold us for more than 10 hours, uh, we can charge that. And then I can prepare ahead of time to hire a second shooter to take over for, for a time being during the day or just whatever we need to do or use that extra money that we timed it out for to get a hotel right there nearby or whatever we need to do right um so this year our all-day package is 10 hours and um and um and if they want to if our clients want to add on more hours we have a specific uh, price for that um but 10 hours you know in the past that's pretty much where we've always been with most of our weddings so i feel like that's just enough time um we thought it, we went back and forth about doing 10 or 12 hours but even 12 hours uh i feel like can easily t turn into 13 or 14 hours with you know getting you know getting yourself ready in the morning and then the drive uh, out to the location and all these things. So 10 felt like the perfect number. Um, so I was curious how you guys uh, um, set up your packages with the amount of hours that you do. Do you have different tiers? Do you have like four hours, six hours, eight hours? Um, we try to keep it simple. We have one package at six and one package at 10 uh, for both photo and video. 
And then um, in our pricing guide, you know, there's wording in there where we where um, in our pricing guide, we ask uh, couples if they have any specific amount of hours that they want or um, a, a, a unique situation that they're working with. Like we want to work with them. We want to set it up. Um, but most of our couples that have been contracting us as of lately, the the six and the ten have been working out perfectly um, so, and, and we're looking forward to, you know, not working, not working over 10 hours. <laughs> so that's kind of nice. Uh, but let me know how you guys set up your packages with your hours. Uh, I'd be interesting. I'd be interested to hear more about that. All right, guys, that's all I have, uh, for you today. Uh, thank you guys for listening to another episode of the podcast. Um, I will have more guests coming on soon. Um, and, and even though the podcast hasn't been coming out as consistently, not every week, it's a little, it's more bi-weekly right now. Um, I hope you guys will still come on and support the podcast and listen to the podcast um, because I really enjoy doing it. Uh, let me know your thoughts on some of the stuff that I talked about today. Uh, like I said, you can reach out to me on Instagram at Wedding Photo Podcast. You can reach out to me on Twitter at Del Toro Photo. And you can also join the Facebook group for the Wedding Photo Podcast where we have a growing community of photographers and vendors and professionals uh, just discussing different topics uh that have to do with the industry. And if you are enjoying this podcast and you want to support this podcast, you can subscribe to the podcast, rate, give me a five-star rating, and leave me a review at the bottom if you listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or if your if your podcast app has that ability, uh, make sure to rate and review the podcast. It helps uh, this podcast become more discoverable for others to find. Share the podcast with your friends, with your photographer friends, um, wedding industry friends, and let them know about it. Um, oh, yeah, one more thing. And if you guys have... Um, you know, I'm always looking for new guests to have on the podcast and I have a, a list of people that I'm going to ask because I'm always uh, looking for photographers and other professionals in the industry that I really like. Uh, I find them on, you know, through their websites. I find them on Instagram, um, but I feel like it's really, uh, you know, uh, sometimes it feels like uh, I mean, some of these photographers are people that others may know. Uh, some of them are just people that I've been interested in because I've been following their work and I really enjoy their work. And But I feel a little biased to them. If you guys have any photographers that they're just like your favorite photographer, photographers that you love to follow, uh, you follow them on Instagram or on Twitter or you just follow their work in general and you want to hear them on this podcast, I'd love to know who they are. So shoot me a message. Uh, send me uh, some links with some of your favorite photographers and um i will be sure to reach out to them and, and maybe even have them on the podcast to talk about their work and some of the things that they've done uh, but yeah thanks again guys for listening to another episode and we will see you on the next one <laughs>